welcome to the bonus cast. We are Phil and Meredith, and we believe that the life of a Jesus follower is a resilient life. So every month we have conversations around topics that build a resilient life, topics around questions, ideas, thoughts, what is going on to have a more resilient faith. And right now... It's officially December, which means that it's cold and only getting colder, and it's the... Christmas season, it's Advent season, we're gearing up towards December 25th, and so we want to have some conversation about Christmas and how Christmas fits into the broader society and culture that we have here today. Yeah, that's right. One of the things that I think, especially for people who have been Jesus followers for a long time, can sometimes become uh, maybe an unsettling space is then all of a sudden you start hearing that there's potentially criticism around Christmas or questions about should we be celebrating Christmas or participating in certain traditions as believers and where all of that comes from. So we wanted to take a few minutes and talk about, uh, you know, where some of these influences come from, you know, should our Christians allowed to uh, believe in Santa Claus and, and teach their kids about Santa Claus? Should we have Christmas trees? Should we, you know, should we even be celebrating Christmas? You know, people are should asking we buy that. gifts for each other and, and exactly. participate in the whole materialistic side of this. And, and of course, these are our, our thoughts on this. And uh, we want to make sure that as we're sharing that this is not gospel. This is Phil and Meredith talking about right. how we like to celebrate Christmas and what we believe that the Bible teaches about it. Yeah, absolutely. So today, while we're recording this podcast, we had just kind of one of those, I think, funny cultural parenting, whatever we're going to label it under moments, where our oldest son doesn't believe in Santa Claus, even though he's only in kindergarten. Um, and I guess for us, it's just never been a thing that we pushed. We're not like uh, big anti-Santa people. We've just never really built the whole system around, uh, you know, the idea of of Santa Claus. Yeah, all the elf on the shelf and all, all of those kinds yeah. of childhood traditions or whatever. Or t- which can be, a, there can be a lot of fun in them, but he just kind of hasn't ever been into it. Our middle son, Lincoln, is actually really into it at the moment. Um, we saw a Santa Claus out at the... Christmas tree farm, and he looks at me and he goes, See, mom, Santa is real. His three year old self, (laughs) right? I've been telling you all along. Exactly. Uh, But I got a call from the school today that our very firstborn oldest son has been telling the other kids that Santa, yeah, that Santa is not real. Um, yeah, he's been ruining it for everybody. (laughs) And all these parents now are going to have kids coming home saying, Theo told me at school. I know. (laughs) So I thought that we had handled it because I had, I gave him a whole spiel about how he got to know like the grown up secret about Santa, that Santa's fun and that we pretend and we make believe, but that he's not really real. But some kids like do think that he's real and that like the grown ups, you shouldn't. And he seemed really into that. Um, and has kind of been going along with it with his younger brother, but apparently that shifted today because the school called me to let me know that he's uh, being the, I guess, the Grinch at school today, <laughs> ruining. Well, may- maybe telling people about the real reason that, that Christmas Yeah, maybe. Exists, yeah, so. let's hope that's the, that's that's what the it core is. of it. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk for a few minutes about maybe where some of the traditions and history of Christmas as we celebrate it in our Western yeah. culture in the 2020s. What is that look like and where did it come from? Yeah, well, I think this is where part of where it's so interesting is that the history of Christmas is really, um, you know, layered and multifaceted with a lot of 
of history and influence from other religions, other cultures, other societies. So really a lot of it came out of some holidays and festivals that were happening in Roman society. Which, of course, if you know your church history, you know the birth of the early church was happening largely right there amongst Roman culture of the time, right? So there are a few main kind of holidays. There was a winter solstice celebration that happened in Rome and that was celebrating um, kind of like what we still experience today, right? Because that's the, the rotation of the earth, that there are these shorter days and longer nights and we have longer periods of dark and that that starts to shift around the winter solstice and you start looking forward to getting your longer days again and moving back towards that. So they had this winter solstice celebration that would happen in that um, time. And then this other celebration that also happened around the month of December called Saturnalia. I might be pronouncing it right. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Just say it Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Just lean into it. Um, and that was really celebrating the Roman god of Saturn, which also has some Hindu influence in it as well. But an interesting thing that happened with this is that it was a period of time in Roman culture where lots of gifts were given, right? Which is something that we see continued when you look back and go like, wow, this has been going on for centuries. But this is really where it started, um, is that it was this idea of gifts that were given but specifically, they were gifts that were given from the, the kind of higher, wealthier class of Roman citizens to um, the working class and even the poor class. And part of the, the mentality, the thought around it was it was an opportunity um, for these people to kind of buy back redemption for a lot wow. of their poor, maybe poor deeds, um, un, you know, unsavory deeds throughout the year by doing something good for somebody less fortunate than them. Um, and then there also was an actual festival on December 25th um, that they celebrated um, as part of their winter celebrations. And so that's why by the time we get to the third century, Pope Julius is actually the pope that officially made December 25th the day that Christians would be celebrating the birth of Christ, of what we now call Christmas, began to be celebrated then in the third century. Um, and he, he, in some ways, was being very intentional of creating a space where some of these cultural things that early Christians were already participating in could be incorporated into their celebration of the birth of Christ, as well as creating a holiday that would, um, and you know, make Christianity a little bit more um, at peace with the culture that it was in, because there was a lot of hostility and a lot of persecution still happening. And so, I guess strategically, in some ways, he said, "When we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we're going to put it in the midst of this time when there's already a lot of these celebrations happening." Um, and, and allow it to be something that unites us with our culture rather than continues to separate us from it. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know how on social media, they you see that kind of post every now and again that says, like, I was today years old when I found out, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, or I was this many years old or whatever. Uh, so when I learned that December 25th was not actually the date that Jesus was born on, was way too late in life. Right. I, I was definitely a teenager, potentially, you know, a young adult. And I remember learning that and and learning that we actually celebrate Christmas on December 25th because it's three days after the longest night of the year, the darkest day of the year. And totally. so it's used as when there is light that has been brought into the world, yeah. like, like the three days that Jesus was in the tomb as well, right? And so... 
I remember learning that and then realizing, wait, so that means that he wasn't actually born on December 25th? Like, I have been celebrating his birth all the time. And then, and then you realize, like, it's probably good that we don't actually know the date that he was born on. Yeah. As humans, we just love to idolize things. And I have no doubt that if we knew that Jesus was born on a certain day, that would become an idol. Mm -hmm. If we still had possession of the manger that he was born in or the cloth that he was swaddled in, all of those kinds of things, those would become idols, right? And so it's good that we don't know exactly when he was born, but we get to celebrate it on December 25th around the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the reason that in some ways that these types of discussions are so important to me, I mean, when we said we wanted to start doing a bonus cast, it was really built around this idea of how do we help in practical everyday ways to build the, the strength, the stability, the resilience of your faith. And as small as something like what you just described is, they become the unsettling linchpins when we create them, like you said, as idols in the picture. When we create an idol of December 25th is, you know, when we celebrate the birth of Christ because the day itself means something as opposed to, no, no, what matters is Jesus himself. Then, especially I think for, you know, for believers who grow up in church and all that, they come to of age and, and for somebody else, they hear that and they go, whoa, whoa, wait, has my whole life been a lie? Jesus wasn't really born on the 25th. That's why it's so valuable to me for us to understand the history of some of these things and not be afraid of it and go, yeah, 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 totally. We're here to celebrate Jesus. Jesus is the main thing. And the way that we do that does have some influence of the time that it was birthed in, the time that he was birthed in, the time that the Christianity was birthed in, the time that somebody decided to say, I'm going to stamp this day on the calendar as the day that we all unite around this. We don't have to be afraid of that. Let's embrace it. Let's talk about it. Let's make appropriate decisions based off of it. Absolutely. So a few moments ago, you shared with us kind of the history and the context of how we originally got this idea of Christmas. Why don't you talk a little bit about what Christmas looks like today, or maybe what society says that yeah, Christmas cool. is? Yeah, well, I th- obviously that would have a lot of context for us here in the U.S. Let's talk specifically that Christmas is really a, something that permeates most of our society and, and a big part of our culture. I know that we were talking, you know, on, on one of our devices, one of our kind of digital devices that you can say, hey, play me some Christmas music. We were joking the other day that you actually have to specify, play me Christian Christmas music mm-hmm. if you want things that, you know, are specifically talking about Jesus and the birth story. Um, and, and that's because there is a cultural Christmas experience that happens in this time um, in our country where people are gathering around and they're buying trees and they're buying gifts and it's a real time for family and for enjoyment and, and all of that as well. Um, which might be separate for somebody who's not a person of faith or who isn't a, you know, a believer in Jesus or having that personal relationship with him. So there are a lot of really great things that happen around Christmas time still. Um, and there's a lot of ways that people who, who aren't Jesus followers are celebrating Christmas, but not necessarily celebrating in the way that a person of faith would be. Yeah. And I think that as Christians, as people of faith, we have, an option, really we have two options, that we can either get upset at how maybe secular Christmas has become in a sense, or or how materialistic it has become, or how ingrained in some of the traditions like the Christmas tree and the gift giving and and Santa and, you know, snow, all all of those kinds of things, right? You can get upset on, on one hand there because the concept of Christmas has permeated society as a whole, 
Or I think mature believers will look and realize really there's two different Christmases going on. Mm. It wouldn't make sense for someone who isn't of faith to recognize the real reason of Christmas. So in some ways, there is a secular Christmas, and there is a, a Christian Christmas that does exist. And as people of faith, we have the opportunity to celebrate both and to enjoy both, yeah. and I think have the real reason at the core and understand the significance of the birth of Christ in that one. But I have no desire to get mad and frustrated at society or individuals that are putting up Christmas trees and and don't understand the significance of the birth of their Savior. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think rather than than fighting it, let's connect on the spaces that that we agree on. Let's celebrate the fact that that um, people are engaging in you know in the joy that Jesus is that He brings to us. Sometimes even without knowing it, all so of good. us yep. get to celebrate, you know, every time we breathe air, we are breathing in the breath of life that God gave to all of us. And that is his grace to every person who's alive, regardless of what they believe or don't believe. Um, And in the same ways, I think the joy of his coming means that there is joy in the streets. There is celebration in the streets for those who believe and those who don't believe. Um, And then we have the opportunity to really in this season, especially create conversations, create discussions that says like, hey, let's let's talk about that there might be be, you know, the thing under the thing. There might be a deeper reason of something that's going on here. Yep. Love it. So so what do you think that a, a Christian celebration of Christmas looks like mm. in in a Western context for us today? Yeah. Well, well, I think it involves, uh, to, I guess to some extent I would say it involves like what, what seems fitting for you and for your family, right? Um, there are lots of things around the holiday that doesn't necessarily um, work against what it means to be a believer, right? So, so yes, there are, I guess what I'm trying to get at is there are these um, things that I hear Christians debating about saying like, oh, if you're a Christian, you can't actually participate in that. You know, I, I know that there would people who would get such a hard line about, um, about letting your kid believe in Santa Claus, right? Um, because is that, you know, feeding them all kinds of things that aren't, aren't against the point. And I, I think every family needs to decide on that for themselves. I think every family needs to think about how they want to address that. What I think we really need to do is say, okay, how are we doing these things in a way that's honoring Christ, in a way that's keeping him at the center? None of those additional things become a distraction until you allow them to become a distraction, which maybe sounds redundant, but you know, a, a tree is a great way to gather and to celebrate and to become a thing um, that your family has great joy around and that you come and talk about and um, but it also can become an idol in your home if you allow it to become an idol in your home. There's something really beautiful about giving gifts. We don't give gifts like the Romans did to try and buy back, you know, and even out all of the evil that we did over the year. But we give gifts because Christ has given us something so beautiful that we want to celebrate that and that we want to continue giving to others. Um, so I think those are ways that we that we keep Jesus at the center. Uh, what are some things that you think that we've done that really help keep Jesus at the center of our Christmas celebration? Yeah, I, I would just say as well that, you know, remembering that things themselves are not inherently good or bad. Yeah, Money is not good or bad. Right. It is what you make it. it. It can be an idol in your life or it can be a useful tool to advance the kingdom. Yeah, Gift giving is not good or bad. 
you know. Totally. Uh, putting up a tree is not good or bad. A lot of those examples that you just showed, putting up Christmas lights on your house is not good or bad. Yeah. If it becomes a competition between you and your neighbors where now you're investing thousands of dollars every year right, and you're right. forgetting about the cause of the poor and, and caring for people, then you're missing the point exactly. of Christmas in that sense. And that's become an idol and a competition and the comparison that's unhealthy and unhelpful. But I think it's important to be remembering those things are not necessarily good or bad mm-hmm. and that you shouldn't feel condemnation for participating in what society says of Christmas. We can participate in that. Just make sure that you're remembering and not uh, forgetting the significance of what a Christian Christmas celebration looks like. Yeah. And so uh, I love to read through the Christmas story. That's mm-hmm. important to me to be doing. Um, I love to make sure that I'm not just watching Christmas or holiday movies and not just listening to holiday music, but that I'm watching Christmas stories and I'm watch- and I'm listening to Christmas music as well, which I think are maybe some of the carols that yeah. we would sing in church, not just about Santa and snowmen and reindeer and frosty and all of those kinds of things, uh, but making sure that with that, that we are also making sure that the the essence of Jesus and his message and his coming to earth is permeated throughout the story. Yeah, I think that's really good. And and part of what um, I would just encourage people to maybe remember is that we don't see Christmas um, or, or even celebrations around Jesus' birth in Scripture. We obviously see the story of his birth in Scripture, um, but even as we look through the New Testament church, we don't see the early church gathering to celebrate his birth, which doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it, because I think when we look at church history, which is another great place to look for the traditions because so much was passed down orally as well, like I said, by the time we got to the third century, they were laying out and establishing an official day for that celebration. But what we see more of is the church celebrating the Lord's Supper, see the church gathering together um, to have those those meals together to remember his um, his death and his resurrection. And so I think that's really important that that when we gather at Christmas time, that we're gathering around tables with people that we're remembering and that we remember in his birth why he came as well, that that Jesus came into the world so that he could die for everyone, that he came into the world because he loved us so much that we couldn't get to him and making that a really central part of the conversation and about what happens. Yeah, and I, I think that there's often such an openness to the invitation around Christmas time, around Easter time. And I think if you are so focused on not being a part of the world that you become Grinch-like or you become just an, an ugly person at your core because you're fighting this impossible battle. Right against the Easter bunny or against Santa and you're fighting all of these things, in some ways you you lose the ability to have an open invitation for people to come and experience Christ. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that I am a vessel that attracts people, that I'm attracting my neighborhood, that I'm attracting my workplace, that I'm attracting my friends and my community towards Christ. And if all I'm doing and if all I'm known for is fighting things, then people are not going to be open to receiving an invitation to come and behold Jesus who can transform their life. 
if they know me as someone who is defensive and fighting and trying not to lose ground and, and all of those kinds of things. And so making sure it's that, it's that tension between the two of making sure that we don't lose the significance of one thing, but also knowing that it's okay to participate in something else. Yeah, there's so much fun that happens around Christmas time, right? That I think that, I mean, that's what Jesus came. Jesus came for us to have a, a full, free, abundant life here as much as he did um, came to bring us salvation. That that salvation for us to be with him eternally as well as freedom for us to live in. Abundant life. In the here and now. And so absolutely, I think that all of those things are are great things for us to be with. Um, I, I, one of the scriptures that really stood out to me as I was kind of thinking about today is in Romans 14 and 5. It says that one person esteems one day as better than another, while another person esteems all days are alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And I think just remembering that, that we should remember to live out of our convictions, out of the guiding of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us, um, and not keep quarreling about things that are are so low level, are so not the point of everything, um, and just allow ourselves to live in the fullness of right here and right now. So good. So this Christmas season, we encourage you to eat food and to be merry and to enjoy company together and to celebrate the birth of our Christ Jesus this Christmas. Yes, so thanks for joining in on this bonus cast. We always love this opportunity to come and uh, chat together, talk through things. We hope you're finding it helpful. If you do, be sure to like, share it, review, let somebody know about it, and let us know what would be helpful to be talking about as we look forward to more bonus cast in the next year. 